iTunes, uh, Feral Audio helps us put that out, so if you didn't know about that, check that out. We also have a ton... <laughs> okay, <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Thank you, Data. I appreciate it. Uh, and all, We have a great lineup of comics, and they're in the back. They can hear you. Let them hear it. One more time for that. It's going to be a great show. Who went to Comic-Con? Nobody. <laughs> no. uh, apparently just me. Um, I went to Comic-Con for the first time over the weekend. Boy, howdy, is that terrible. <laughs> it's like terribly amazing. It's like so many amazing things at once that it's terrible. And a bunch of people trying to enjoy it together. <sighs> and they are real sweaty about it. Real, real sweaty about it. <laughs> that was my first time I was... Semi-assaulted by an R2-D2. <laughs> and then I just got a picture with him. Man, it's just, since nobody went, I don't know what to... There's just so many people flopping around, free things. It reminded me of a cruise. Has anybody gone on a cruise? Yeah. Because I, uh, I did a couple cruises for comedy, and those are fun. But oh, the humanity on those things. <laughs> Because, like, the fun parts, that's, like, all you see in the pamphlet is, like, the island stop and then the slides and the volleyball on the deck. You do not see the muster drills of everybody, like, sardines on top of each other vomiting and having a terrible time. And you don't see the cantaloupe on the seventh day. You only see the cantaloupe tray from the first day. And you do not want to see a seventh day cantaloupe. I'll tell you that. I, the other thing about Comic-Con is like, it gives me so much hope, but it also makes me so frustrated at the same time because it's just a place for people that do not have a place to go hang out. So there's like little four-year-old kids dressed up as Chewbacca with their like 38-year-old dads dressed up as Chewbacca. And it makes me so happy because like, when else are these people going to get to do this and enjoy it together? And they're enjoying it together. I love that so, so much, but then it's also just completely commercialized. There's, like, dudes with no shirts on, with, like, R2-D2 boxers on, and then a lady spray-painted, like, C-3PO. It's very confusing. It's very, very confusing. And where can you charge your uh, inhaler? There's nowhere to charge your inhaler. The thing that it reminded me of the cruises is that it's so hard to, like, everybody feels normal. How am I going to say this? Nobody feels normal and everybody feels normal at the same time. It's like you finally found a place to feel comfortable, but then there's always something uncomfortable about it. 
if that makes sense. Because there's always somebody cooler and always somebody worse than you, and you're just sliding up and down that abacus, and you never know where you are. <laughs> like You just can't get a foothold. Um, when I was on this cruise, uh, normally I wear a Canadian tuxedo. That's one of my many looks. Uh, I wear that most often. So that's what I was in. I have this haircut all the time. Generally uh, look like a ball boy from 1984. <laughs> Bat boy, ball boy, whatever. And uh, so I was on this cruise, uh, and there was like a, a little event, and everybody was sort of dressed up similar to Comic-Con, like dressed up like characters that I don't know what they are. <laughs> Just dinosaurs, what, I don't have no idea what they are. And uh, it makes me feel like an 80-year-old man. Don't know anything about it. And so this woman comes up to me, and she's wearing an adult onesie. But it is like a triceratops of some kind. It's pink. I don't know if it has a name. She's dressed up as some sort of cartoon. And she comes up to me. I'm in my Canadian tuxedo looking super cool. And uh, she just starts talking to me. And she's like, oh, yeah, the locals at the island, because we had stopped at the island that day on the cruise, uh, she's like, yeah, they just kept offering me pot and so many drugs and all this fun stuff. And I was like, that's weird. Nobody offered me any drugs. And she was like, well, that's because you look too normal. A woman in a triceratops onesie told me, who always gets called sir on a daily basis, that I look too normal. Best day of my life. Best day of my life. Uh, let's see. Oh, the All-Star game is happening right now. Does anybody like baseball or is it just me? Yes. You guys made the right choice to be here at this show. You made the right choice. I love baseball so much, and I love playing baseball. I'm playing baseball this year on a league, and every time I say that to somebody, this is how rampant and just embedded sexism is in our culture. Every time I tell somebody, like, oh, I play uh, baseball on Sundays, they go, softball? <laughs> As if I don't know the sport I am actually playing. That's the twofold sexism because they are like, well, of course it's softball. She's a woman. Second of all, they're like, she's a woman. She doesn't even know what sport she's playing. Both at the same time. Just in one, like, oh, what is this? Frisbee? Gunk. Like, I don't know what sport I'm actually playing. And speaking of cantaloupes, I slid and my knee... It just, if you saw my knee in a grocery store, you'd be like, that is a perfect cantaloupe. I'm buying that thing. I had a great game uh, offensively. I went four for four. Thank you. I'm telling everybody about that because I never know when it's never going to happen again. That's a one time occurrence to go one for four or four for four and hit a double to the opposite field between first and second. Come on now. And I got some RBIs on that one. But I, I was playing defense, and I was playing second. I was flopping around all in the infield. I played shortstop a little bit, second base, and I, uh, you know, we hit into a couple double plays. I, tr I covered second, and then I got slid into, so I didn't have enough time to turn, make the throw to first. And both times, the dudes, I mean, they gave me some wide slides to try to take me out. They for sure did that shit on purpose. <laughs> but they didn't, even, they didn't even hit me. They didn't even hit my legs. It was just a dust cloud and their feet. Like, I was not injured in any way. They didn't even touch my legs. And then the dudes came up. They're like, oh, my God, are you all right? Are you okay? Are you all right? Are you okay? Are you all right? And I was like, I'm fine. You didn't even hit me. He was like, are you sure? 
Are you sure? This isn't softball. Are you sure? We're not playing softball right now. Are you sure? I was like, dude, I'm fine. You did not hurt me. And then from the dugout of the other, of their team, this guy goes, are you okay? And I went, I'm made of the same stuff. I'm fine. He did not even hit me. I was so mad about that. I was telling everybody on my team. I was like, it's not like I was on my period or something. It's not like I'm flopping around on my period, menstruating everywhere. (laughs) Jesus Christ, give me a break. Give me a goddamn break. So then I sat down fuming with my team, and then I realized, I'm on my goddamn period. (laughs) And at first I was like, well, that's the curse you get. And then I was like, I just went four for four on my goddamn period. (laughs) So I had a great weekend. Oh, man, are you guys ready to get this show rolling? I'm really excited about it. It's uh, one hell of a lineup. One hell of a starting lineup. You guys, this first comic, it's his first time on the show, so whenever we have somebody on their first time, we like to go extra crazy. So you guys, give a warm welcome to Evan Williams. Thank you very much. Keep it going for Rhea, everybody. Yes. All right. All right. So uh, just um, just like everybody thinks I'm a veteran. Uh, everybody, everybody I've ever met in my whole life, uh, including all of you right now, uh, think I am a veteran, and I'm not. I'm not a veteran. I would never claim to be something I'm not. Uh, it's usually veterans who will ask me. <clears throat> they will uh, offer me a drink at the bar, and you know, one comrade to another. And uh, I don't drink either, so now I got to let them down twice. And uh, <laughs> they'll come over to the bar, and I was like, "Hey, man, there's a there's a Bud Light. It's from the Jarhead at the end of the bar." I look over. He's like, "Comrade, how you doing?" Sir? Me and you, buddy. We did it. We did it together, man. Enjoy that brewski, man. For us and our fallen brothers, okay? I'm like, fuck. (laughs) Uh, My bad, man. It's just a dumb haircut, pal. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just good posture. Yeah, good posture. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Just stand up straight, man. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? Oh, the tattoo? Oh, no. That's not a Marine Corps tattoo. That's a banana tattoo on my arm. Right there. That is a banana. That is a banana on my arm. Yes. Hmm? That's Jiminy Cricket up there. That's Jiminy Cricket on the top. I'm an idiot. Yeah, I'm real dumb. Uh, super dumb. Thank you, though. Everything you've done for this country. You're the here. You're the hero. Have a beer on me. Have your beer on me. Just uh, take it back, please. I'm not one of you. I don't drink. That's what I'm dealing with, you know. I am a uh, I'm a married man. We have married people here, huh? Real sad response. <laughs> really sad response. Any married people? Somebody coughed. Uh, somebody farted in the back, and um, that was it. That was the whole reaction. Uh, I uh, I'm married, and I do you know I I do what I can to stay happy in that marriage, and we do together many things to stay happy. 
Uh, one of those that we do, you guys can try this if you want. Uh, we have tickle fights, you know? We just stay happy. What's funny? What's funny about that? We love life. We tickle each other, okay? Uh, <laughs> that's what we do. That's what we do. And we were having a tickle fight recently, and it got like a little out of hand, I guess you could call it. And uh, she fell out of the bed and made a loud thump. We woke up the neighbor downstairs, and our neighbor called the cops on us. We had the cops calling us for having a tickle fight. And uh, the officer comes to the door. He's like, uh, yeah, I got a noise complaint. Just making sure everything's okay in here. All right? I'm from the South. That's why he talks like George Bush. Uh, <laughs> just making sure it's not any kind of spousal abuse. You know what I'm saying? I was like, um, <clears throat> yeah, we, were, uh, we were having a tickle fight, sir. Uh, <laughs> We were tickling it, literally the opposite of hitting her. Uh, I was tickling her. He was like, I'm not here to judge you, okay? I'm here to protect and serve. All right, I'm a cop, not a judge. Hope you understand, I need to see your wife before I can leave. I need to make sure she's physically okay. Hope you understand that. I was like, sure thing. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, my wife came out, she was fine. This is the best thing I've ever heard a police officer say in my entire life, Okay. Uh, I was like, officer, I just want to apologize. You had to come out here something so silly and tedious as a tickle fight, you know? <laughs> and he grabbed his belt, he leaned in, and he was like, I wish they all were tickle fights. <laughs> <laughs> he just walked away out of my life forever. That's the greatest thing anybody's ever said <laughs> in my life. And he just walked away, didn't explain that. I want to know what he's seen, you know? Has he seen tickle murders? Like, how deep, how deep does that go, you know? How rough has his life been to say that? I don't know, man. Do you guys, uh, do you guys have any dumb tattoos? Okay, a couple people admitting it. A few people not admitting it. I'm going to assume that. I, uh, I have some dumb ones I have shown you already. Um, the one I want to get removed is actually a pretty serious tattoo. I'm going to share it with you. I want you to be okay with it. It's, um, it's on my left side here. It's of my dead mom and brother. It is a portrait of my dead mom and brother, okay? I'm at peace with that today, so I hope you guys can be okay with it. Uh, the reason I want to get it removed is because it was done horribly, all right? Um, for instance, they look absolutely nothing like my mom or brother. So I just have these strangers on my arm... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> everywhere I go, just judging me, judging other people, you know. People are like, who's that on your arm? I'm like, I have no idea. Uh, I have no idea. I'm calling them Jim and Nancy. Uh, myself, that's what I'm calling them. Looks like I just brought, like, the default photo that you get in a frame. I was like, that's my family. That's my family. Um... So I went to go get it removed, and uh, the, the lady at the front desk was like, okay, yeah, that'll be $2,000. And I was like, cool, I'll be back in 20 years, you know? <laughs> um, and she was like, just curious, though, you know, why would you want to get that removed? Uh, and, and first of all, like, what, I what is it, first of all? Like, what is that? It looks like Pat Sajak. Is that Pat Sajak? <laughs> I was like, no, 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 that's my, uh, that's my dead mom and brother. They're like, oof. Why, why would you want to get that removed? That's a pretty crazy thing to get removed. I was like, oh, uh, they're back. So 
They came back from the dead. I don't need it anymore. Yes. They're back. They're walking around. You know. No, it was done horribly. That's why. I, uh, I'll leave you with this. I am, I'm in therapy now uh, for all the things I have just said in the past five minutes. And uh, the first thing that I did uh, on my first session of therapy, uh, I could not have prepared for the silliness of it. Um, my therapist had me talk to my mom in an empty chair. I had to do that. I had to look into an empty chair, pretend my mom was there, have a conversation with it. So now I'm talking to my mom the same way Clint Eastwood talks to Obama. Uh, you know? And that feels silly to me. It felt silly to do. And so I wanted her to feel silly as well, you know. So I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess with her right now. I'm going to play a little game. So I was looking at the chair. I was like, uh, Mom, uh, how you doing? Uh, you look good. You look like a chair. Uh, but you look good. I love you, Mom. Miss you. Hey, where are you going? Where are you going? What are you doing? Mom, what the hell are you doing? We're trying to have like a session. What are you doing? What are you, get down from there. Get down from there. Stop it. Stop it. Don't do that. Oh my God, don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, don't, oh no. Oh, oh God. Oh, oh, no. Oh my God. My therapist's like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> right now. I was like, she just jumped out of the window. She hated this exercise so much that I just lost her again right now. What do I talk to now? This lamp? I just lost her again. So thanks a lot. My, uh, my mom loves that joke, okay? I know that because she's sitting right there and she just told me. All right. Thank you very much, guys. You've been great. Thank you. Before I bring up the next comic, I just want to give a... Has anybody gotten married since the equality uh, decision has come down? Any straight people gotten married <laughs> since that? Because I, I just want to give a quick shout-out. Your marriages are more supportive of gay people if you've gotten married since then. That's a joke. I'm not serious. <laughs> just kidding. All right, well, on that zinger of a joke that you guys really loved... Just really love that one. You guys, I play baseball, not softball. <laughs> uh, we're going to keep the show going. Uh, this next comic, man, we love it. Every time he stops by, he's a friend of the show. Uh, just love everything he does. You guys, give it up for Mr. Dana Gould. Thank you, Ria. Thank you very much. Um... Uh, well, oddly, Rhea was just talking about uh, getting married. Is anyone here married at all? No? You're all nine? Oh, good. Some, um, piece of advice. Uh, don't lose your wedding ring. A couple of months ago, I was in one of those... Uh, divorce. <laughs> and that little bugger... They say when you get married till death do you part. So I don't so much think of it as, as getting divorced as that I've somehow cheated death. 
speaking of which, they say when you're attacked by a bear, you're supposed to make yourself look as physically imposing as you possibly can and speak very soothingly. The trial and error that went into figuring that out (laughs) is a tale written in blood. (laughs) Bear! Mary's eat oats and dozy oats and little lambsy night. (laughs) Don't sing pop songs from the 30s. Bring in that guy that collects board games. I'm waiting for someone to come up to me and say, hey man, I had a friend that was attacked by a bear. I'm really offended by what you just did. You're using your non-bear victim privilege to punch down. Uh, People are always, uh, there's a lot of hot topics nowadays. I don't believe that any topic is off limits. It's really what you say. You know, people, you can't make jokes about rape. Sure you can. Here are two. (laughs) You know, when you think about it, Any whistle can be a rape whistle. (laughs) Except maybe a slide whistle. Help! Please! Someone's raping a clown down at the birthday party! Have you ever wanted to rape a clown? So you follow him to his car, he gets in, and you end up having to rape like 40 clowns? (laughs) Caitlyn Jenner is the new hot-button topic for everybody, and I think I have the same attitude towards Caitlyn Jenner that, that most men have, which is I think people have the right to define who they are and if she is who she feels she should be, then that's all that really matters and then I close the door, turn to my friends and go, he's not really cutting off his dick, is he? (laughs) Because that's what it really comes down to. It has nothing to do with gender identity. Guys love their dicks. A lot. That's why we're always taking pictures of them and sending them out. Don't. Do it. Never send a dick pic to anyone. Ever. No one wants to see it. It would be as if your girlfriend sent you a photo of her feelings. Cautious optimism? What's wrong with Claire? But guys love the dicks. That's why those Fast and Furious movies make so much money. They love that stuff. It's a big, loud muscle car. A famous phallic symbol. But it's not just any phallic symbol. They're shooting guns out of it. Pretty commonsensical penis extensions. 
But it's not just anybody shooting them. It's guys, Vin Diesel, Jason Statham, The Rock, big, muscular, shiny, bald men. They look like giant dicks. It's giant dicks shooting penis extensions out of phallic symbols. You'd have to read Oscar Wilde's dream journal to get more cock in one spot. Uh, I had to tell my parents that I was getting divorced, and that was a lot more uh, terrifying than I thought it would be. I assumed that they were going to react the way they did when I was a kid and I broke something. (laughs) What did you do? But uh, they didn't because they're at that point in their lives where nothing that happens to anyone in the world can compare to the struggles that they endure daily in their paid-for house on a tree-lined street. You know, oh, ISIS. You should have been here when your father worked at the phone company. (laughs) It's true. I sat down with like, Mom, Dad, I know you're probably not wanting to hear this, but, you know, I I think we're going to get divorced. Well, the bad news is certainly going around. Your sister's cocker spaniel had a miscarriage in the minivan. I don't want to double whammy you, son, but I think we're going to be getting a new fridge. It's been like that all my life, even with good stuff. Mom, Dad, I won an Emmy for writing The Simpsons. Your father found a case of D batteries down by the dump. And they're mostly good. That was my big fear in life, you know, when I got divorced, that my kids and my wife would move on with their lives and I would be left to die alone. That is the male fear in that situation. My wife and my kids are going to go on with their lives and I'm going to be left to die alone. And the more I thought about that fear and really analyzed where it came from, It hit me that for the longest time, one of my biggest goals in life was to die in front of my children. (laughs) Where did that come from? (laughs) Hey, kids, let me tell you what Christmas was like when I was a kid. We used to... (laughs) I better call 911. No, you don't. You stay right here and you watch me die. All eyes on dad! You see the light leaving my eyes? That's the inevitable grip of death closing in on the remainder of my existence. This will be you one day. Oh, sure, you could give me some of your youth and I could live a little bit longer, but no, you're just like your mother. You can't. I only hope that when I do die, I have the presence of mind in that last moment to summon whoever is with me down to the bedside so I can say, I buried two million dollars behind The only thing is you have to time it just right. 
Otherwise, you have to lie there and pretend that you're dead. <laughs> Why don't you start the embalming needle and I'm going to do the gross work on the internal organs? <laughs> I really should say something. But that joke is so fucking funny. <laughs> I like to take a moment to talk about the bullshit that is the concept of mermaids. <laughs> you know, people always envision mermaids as like a paradise. You know, like the movie, the, you know, everything is like, every day is just a ballet and an underwater heaven. I would think if the mermaids were real, it would be awful. Only half of you is fish. The rest is just always wet. You go to bed wet. You wake up wet. And if you're hungry, the only thing you can eat is other fish. But you're half fish. So it's like, you can't leave your swimming pool, but if you get hungry, you can try and eat your neighbor's kids. I bet if mermaids were real and you met one, they would say, please kill me. I don't want to live this life. I'm so miserable. Do you know how many times I've swam towards the propellers of a boat trying to end it all and I can't do it because I don't have a fucking guts? I want to die! I wasn't always like this. I was once a soldier in ancient Rome. I was so proud and I was so strong. And then one day my commander said, Aurelius, we have to crucify some guys. And I'm like, whatever. So I'm like, what'd you do? And he's like, I'm the son of God. And I'm like, smooth move, X-Lax, get on the cross. <laughs> he's like, enjoy your fish dick. And I'm like, what's that mean? And he's like, you'll find out. I didn't know! <laughs> Look what that bearded fucker did to me! <laughs> All I remember from going to Catholic school was that there was... Two nails for each hand, and then one nail for both feet. So the whole thing came like an Ikea bookcase. It's like, all right, there's a big board and then a littler board. And there's three nails, but there's a long nail. Don't, don't mix up the nails. Is there washers? Look in the bag. Or there was an awful moment where some guy had to go, hey... We lost a nail. <laughs> Here's your chance to do me a solid. If you can just do this, I can totally do it. Well, like a ballerina? No, no, no. Like a tough guy. <laughs> they did stop doing crucifixions. I don't know what it was. I know what it wasn't. Someone said, Guys, this is awful. 
That's rarely what happens. Somebody just had a bed. Guys, I got it. Instead of crucifix, I'm not there completely, but something, 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 and a big bucket of snakes. The next guy says he's the son of God. We put him in a necklace of live mice and send him into the owl preserve. I have met far too many bald men with ponytails to expect this world to make sense. Every time I see a guy in a wheelchair, he's inevitably wearing running shoes. I know, that's horribly offensive. An offense is based on the false premise that life should be fair. And if you think life ought to be fair, before you groan at a joke, try explaining to a homeless person how expensive it is to go camping. The end. Thank you very much. Guild switcheroo. Uh, before I bring out our next comic, I just wanted to let you guys know that I saw the cruelest closed captioning over the weekend. I was watching a movie uh, in a green room of a comedy club, and the closed captioning was on because the sound was down all the way. Now, we all know that the, the worst closed captioning caption is, of course, music plays. It's very rude. But the movie that was playing was uh, Wrath of the Titans, and so this movie was terrible. And then, all of a sudden, a winged horse flew off into the sky, and the caption for that was, Pegasus flies away. (laughs) How the hell does anybody know what that sounds like? (laughs) Just thought I'd share that with you guys real quick. Our next comic is another friend of the show. We love it when he stops by. You guys, he's a writer on The Late Late Show with James Corden. Please give it up for Mr. Sean O'Connor. Hey. Hi. I haven't done stand-up in a while, like six months, and I forgot how to dress. And... (laughs) Just like I drank away my baseball scholarship in college now. <laughs> I also forgot how to do stand-up and look at strangers in the eyes. And, um, so let's go. Um, <laughs> last time I was in New York, I got chased 15 blocks. I didn't know that could happen. And... <laughs> And it did. And um, how that happened is I realized something about myself. I realized that I don't realize I live in the same world as everyone else. Because I was walking outside of a bodega, and I walked outside the bodega, I saw a real deal drug deal going down. Like a real deal drug deal, like drug dealer, drug dealy. (laughs) And I screamed out, busted! <laughs> and, uh, oh no, we don't do that. Uh, I just ran to an Italian restaurant.
Any Disney heads here? I love Disneyland. It's the best place. It's really cool. My favorite thing is the Haunted Mansion, because I'm a fan of the macabre. And, um... (laughs) The best part, and this is, like, a major spoiler, so, um... (laughs) If you've never been, like, close your ears, please. But the, the best part is when, at the end of the ride, you hear a spooky voice say, beware of hitchhiking ghosts. Oh, ha, ha, ha. And then you turn, and then you see the hitchhiking ghost in the cart with you, and you're like, oh my god, I'm so afraid. And, uh... <laughs> but they've made a change this year, which is so crazy. Because now it goes, beware of hitchhiking ghosts. Ha, 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 ha. La Ciudadano con Autostop Fantasmas. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> the ghost is bilingual? <laughs> That's super considerate. <laughs> Those Disney Imagineers. Um, they're so smart. It's so crazy that that's a job. Disney Imagineer. Any Imagineers in the house? (laughs) For those of you who don't know, Disney hires people with the job title Imagineer. (laughs) They're like engineers that they imagine. And... (laughs) But they're the only place that hires Imagineers. Like, no one else has an Imagineer on staff. And, like, there's got to be terrible Imagineers that get fired, but then their only job on the resume is Imagineer. So then they have to go find another job. And they're like, what do you bring to Best Buy? And it's like, I could put a ghost in that television. <laughs> basically the only joke I wrote in the past (laughs) three months. I really burned it in the middle. And, um... This is a thing uh, I thought of. Did you guys see the news today? And, um... (laughs) There was the seismologist uh, in the Northwest who said uh, that Seattle and Portland will be destroyed by a 9.2 magnitude earthquake soon. (laughs) Do you guys see that? (laughs) It was news. You don't have to believe it, but it happened. A seismologist said that, which, by the way, in case you didn't know, that's a scientist that doesn't understand anything that he does. Because, like, did you, are there any seismologists in the crowd? They just guess. There's no exact science. I read the article. It said, here's how it works. If an earthquake lasts for 30 seconds, that's a 7. If it lasts for a minute... That's an eight. And it lasts for two minutes. That's a nine. 
I now know as much about earthquakes as a seismologist. And it's super easy to be a seismologist because basically, if you... This would really work if you guys read the article. Um, I really want you guys to all Google it right now and just read along with me. And... Because basically, a seismologist is just writing a cool action movie, they hope. It's just like, yeah, 9.2 earthquake hits Seattle. The Space Needle goes down, traps a family of three. Jason Statham shows up, probably. And Okay, that's not a joke. Um, it's not going to be a joke, guys. That's thrown away. I'm never going to take an idea I had driving here and bring it on stage ever again. <laughs> Fuck. It's like you guys are a crowd full of seismologists or something. <laughs> but really, it's just the, it's the shit. It's, they don't deserve respect. And... I want to end on a joke. You guys Indiegogo? I used to... What? I used to Kickstarter, but I, um... I got kicked off Kickstarter for trying to fund my short film, August Rent. And, um... So now I'm an Indiegogo guy. I love Indiegogo. Indiegogo, uh, they broke a record for crowdfunding. A guy had an invention. He was like, I want $75,000 for my invention. And then the world came together and gave him $750,000 for that invention. You're probably like, what's that invention? It must be a pretty good invention. I'll tell you what it is. It's an electronic dick-sucking machine. (laughs) You know how when you go to CVS and they're like, would you like to donate a dollar to cancer? And you're like, no. <laughs> you're like, electronic dick sucking machine, have all my money. <laughs> you're probably wondering how it works. I was. Here's how it works. They had it. <laughs> They, did, they had a video on the Indiegogo to show you, but it wasn't live action, it was animated. <laughs> so I, I guess they're guessing. And um, so step one, have a dick. And I'm like, true that, got one. And um, step two, you pick out your sleeve. They come in small, medium, or large. I guess everyone orders a medium because small is embarrassing and there's no such thing as large. And... Uh, <laughs> Step three, you put the sleeve on your dick. Put it into the machine. The machine looks like a Pringles can with a mouth. And, uh... Make sure it's in. And you put it in. Then you plug it into the wall. Then you flip the on switch. And it rips your dick off. Like, (laughs) there's no other way that's working out. Thank you, guys. I'm Sean O'Connor. Have a good night. Sean O'Connor, you guys. Oh, man. We have such a great show. I'm just going to keep it going. This next comic writes for Vice and also has a really awesome podcast called Lady to Lady. You guys give it up for Tess 
Barker, everybody. What is up, you guys? All right. Happy fucking Tuesday, right? We're out and about. We got off the couch. Uh, <laughs> I like to celebrate that stuff. I know it's corny and it's kind of cheesy or whatever, but I do believe that phrase, you know. Today's a gift. That's why you have to pretend you like it. <laughs> I um, had to go makeup shopping today, which I'm not good at. Uh, I had to get new foundation. I ended up getting this stuff called Bare Minerals. And the ladies, I heard a few, mm. Yeah, <laughs> it is the kind of shit you go, mm, about. This stuff is magical. Here's how, they just, here's how they pitch Bare Minerals to you on the box. They go, Bare Minerals, a makeup so light, you can sleep in it. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll get that one just in case, you know? That's kind of like saying, bare minerals. Because sometimes you sleep where you fall. <laughs> it's like, makeup for the girl who likes Coors Light and Vicodin. <laughs> it's totally me. Um, I do like that stuff. I really like pot. I mean, we live here. I don't need to say that. But, uh... I love pot. I, I'm pretty good at smoking it. I'm either really good at it or really bad at it. Either way, I've had a real chill 16 years. You know what I mean? Uh, but what I'm not good at is, dry, is uh, parking stone. I can drive stone, okay? I'm like one of those people that, that can like ski really fast down a hill but never mastered how to stop. Like I'm good in motion, but then as soon as I try to parallel park, that's my Vietnam. You know, it's no good. Um, just like a PSA, if you, if you are like a pedestrian and you, you stumble across someone who's having like a hard time parallel parking, um, just move the fuck along. Like Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. You are not helping anything. I don't need directions. I definitely don't need spectators. Move along. You know, The more people stare at me, the worse my parking becomes, which just makes more people stare at me, which just makes my parking worse. Like this horrible Ouroboros. Just keep walking, you know? I was in Venice Beach uh, recently, and, and I had like you know one of those. I had one of those situations, and uh, it was bad. It was like a, it was like a 25 point turn. You know, I got, <laughs> I cried. I got stuck in like my butt of my car was out for a while. I like come to Jesus. You know, I'm an atheist. I um. But it, it, it was like a certain point. It was kind of like you ever eat like eight slices of a pizza, and like you, you there's just two left. You're like, well, I know I shouldn't finish this. I should just stop, but I'm, I've come this far, you know? And so I kept parking. I finally get into the spot, and there's this, like, super friendly-looking Mexican dude who's standing there watering his lawn, and he's got this, like, really warm look on his face, and, like, I could tell from the expression on his face that he's been along for the whole journey, you know? <laughs> like, we just have that moment with our eyes, and he stops his hose with his thumb, looks at me with this really sweet smile and just goes, are you stupid? <laughs> which, is, which is hands down the most effective insult that has ever been thrown at me. Like, is that even an insult if someone legitimately wants to know if you're stupid? Like, I don't even think that's an insult. That's just an honest and frankly polite question, you know? Like, Jesus fuck, and like, it made that really got to me. Like, so many people are so rude to me all the time in LA, but like, that one got to me. I'm like walking to the boardwalk thinking, like, what? Well, why am I? It's Wednesday 
afternoon and I'm fucking high at 2 p.m. I live on the east side. I drove all the way across town on a Wednesday afternoon to buy a new belly button ring. To buy a new belly button ring. Like, I'm pretty sure after you turn 30 and your belly button ring falls out, that's just supposed to be the end of you having a belly button ring. <laughs> so I'm a little stupid. Um, <laughs> I, um, I got some free stuff with my boobs uh, for like the last, uh, my whole life. Um, <laughs> no, I gotta, I mean, I'm not revealing, a, you know, any secrets of the universe here. If you have tits, Occasionally, people give you free stuff. I don't know. I, I make the rules. Uh, you don't have to be trying or anything either. Like, if you have these fat sex, it's kind of cool. I mean, like, people just, like, every once in a while, you get a little a little hookup. Uh, if you're trying, you can, like, get a house or something. But uh, <laughs> just for incidentally having these things, yeah, the world hooks you up every once in a while. You'd be, like, a little... It's like a little... It's like a little VIP card. You know, you just, like, a little short like a dollar short to get out of the parking structure, it gets figured out. You know, it's kind of cool. <laughs> I was at a bar, and the bartender gave me a free beer. And it was really nice. And the, and the guy friend that I was with was, like, shocked that this had happened. Or, like, not even shocked, just, like, kind of, like, grumpy and bitter about it. You know, he was like, Psh. Psh. must be nice. Must be nice. And I'm like, yeah, no, 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 it is nice. It is nice. I don't want to act like it's not nice. Um, how do I explain this to you? Having boobs is kind of like having one of those frozen yogurt punch cards, okay? <laughs> Where, you, you know, you get 11 stamps and you get a free frozen yogurt and the shit you get with them, it's all about frozen yogurt level of shit. Like, it's like a beer or something, okay? It's like a not big deal thing. Uh, but the 11 stamps you have to get to get that thing, those are all like, like when I'm on a run and they get stuck at an intersection, and I want to keep my heart rate up, so I keep jogging, and then, and, and then I get stopped at a red light, and so while I'm stopped at this red light, like, listening to my Britney, I, uh, <laughs> the stranger drives by and is like, you know what? It's a beautiful day. I'm in the middle of, like, a very public place. I think, like, the most logical thing to do right now <laughs> is to make the eating pussy sign at a total fucking stranger. I think that! I think that! is clearly what this calls for in the middle of a sunny day. And so there he goes, just going for it. You know, just one of the, just this. <laughs> Which, like, is there a more serpentine and disgusting thing you can do with your face hole? Like, is there a nastier, more unattractive gesture you can make than, <laughs> like, in, in little muscle whack-a-mole, you know? Just... Like, <laughs> by the way, if this is how you're eating pussy... <laughs> Stop eating pussy. <laughs> but, but there he goes, you know, just going for it. And, and, and then, you know, it becomes evident, like, you know, the, you know, it doesn't take long to realize that a stranger is making an eating pussy face at you in public. And it, and it becomes evident that, like, I'm clearly, while I'm just trying to keep my heart rate up, just absolutely, undeniably jostling my tits in the eating pussy face. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts around that. So I don't want to keep jostling my tits in the eating pussy face, but I don't want to stop either. I mean, like, this is my sidewalk, too. You know what I mean? And so I just stand there kind of in this conundrum, just, like, very sadly now listening to Britney Spears. And, um... And so for every 11 of those, you get a free beer. <laughs> you get a free beer. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I think it's 
funny too when guys like even give women shit for making money with their bodies at all. Like I think if you fucking need to get through massage therapy school or whatever, you strip, you take those clothes off. Who gives a shit? Because here's the deal: if dick was worth anything, if dick was worth anything. The price of that shit would deflate. We would go from, like, Reagan-era economic shit to, like, Lehman Brothers in 24 hours. Like, we would find out that dick was worth something, and then by 8 a.m. that day, we'd all be in Starbucks, like, how much is my coffee? <laughs> how much is it now? You know what I mean? Like, well, that's... But the world, it would, it would deflate. It would inflate in value so fucking fast. Meanwhile, the value of titty has remained the same since... Always, since all of fucking time, we have kept the value of titty the same. There is nothing that has stayed more the same than the value of titty. Like, if you took an Airstream that represented supply and one that represented demand, you could stick a ping pong ball on that shit for all of time, and it would never go down. Like, we figured it out. Like, as an aggregate gender, some of us are more liberal with it, and some of us are more conservative, but we somehow have kept the value of titty the same for always, for all always like fuck a gold standard this world should run on a titty standard you know <laughs> uh, i'm kidding it already does um y'all won't even know depression until we pull that shit off the market so um i'm tess you guys are cool thank you tess barter you guys let her hear it I feel like I have got to take up an issue with somebody on that because Thelma and Louise over here have not gotten me many free things. (laughs) In my life. I've paid every goddamn parking ticket. Every time I've been pulled over, I've gotten a ticket. And when I was drinking, I've paid for all my own beers. Because lesbians are broke. Because we're women. And women don't make any money. Because we're women. It's a joke, you guys. Come on. (laughs) I was going to lighten the mood on the end there, and then I completely forgot how to do it. So, yeah. It's sad. We don't value women. We pay them less. Yeah, I'll leave it right there. Let's leave it right there. Let's leave it at that. Hey, predominantly female audience. Let's just simmer on that for a little while. You only get free shit if you're hot, and we don't make any money. No, the problem is we just need more lesbian cops. That's what I need. (laughs) I need more lesbian cops. Or actually, I need more gay cops, because gay men really like this. They really like what's going on. Not so much what's going on right here, but if they just keep it in a portrait frame. <laughs> when I still lived in Chicago, I used to go to uh, Boys Town all the time and hang out. And it's, it's mostly uh, gay male bars, so I would go there. And, you know, I was wearing jackets and stuff like that, and dudes would, like, sort of hit on me. And then I'd start talking to them, and they'd be like, oh, God, I wish you were a boy. And I'd say, me too. <laughs> pretty great. You guys ready for the last two amazing comics of our show? You have it in your hearts. They are fantastic. This next comic is a writer and an actor on Broad City. You guys give it up for Mr. Elliot Glazer. 
Thank you. Oh, it's nice and cool in here. Um, who here likes music? Cool. That's my favorite question. Um, I actually wrote uh, a couple of songs. I thought I'd bring them tonight, uh, if you don't mind. Um, this first one is about... Um, well, I just, I just turned uh, 32 recently. Don't clap. And um, uh, I've really been just been thinking sort, you know, a lot about um, youth and, and what it really means and sort of you know, what happens when you can see it slipping away. So this is a song I wrote about it. Um, I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, I wrote that. 
about being 32. <laughs> Making tough choices, you know? It's life. Um, no, that actually was a song by Avril Lavigne Kroger uh, called Skater Boy. Uh, it was sort of the anthem of, uh, I guess, art collective, you know, emo times. Uh, the times we spent just, you know, covered in guy shadow and couldn't see through your swoopy bangs and you had those big ugly belts and boot cut jeans that could have been your parents and just nothing mattered. Well, everything mattered. And you were super dramatic about it and, you know, you were a pussy. I mean, that was what emo, being emo was about, but being a, a fucking pussy. And that was what the music meant, you know? Um, and so I think Avril at that time, you know, if I'm going to speak musically about it um, and if you'll allow me, I will say she was our, our emo queen. And um, with every queen, there's a like a like a shithead. And um, so our collective shithead in that in that regard would I think would have to go to uh, Ashley Simpson uh, to ease. Um, when you think of being emo and you think of what it meant to be um, dramatic, you know, Avril was our queen, and Ashley was sort of the shit stain version of that if Avril diarrhea it would all be Ashley Simpson so you get what I'm saying um, so I wanted to regale you uh, with a, 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 an Ashley Simpson classic um, that really speaks to um, our, our, our collective movement and um, that's it and it's not pieces of me okay let's do it it's just as serious though Just listen to the lyrics. Okay. You can dress me up in diamonds. You can dress me up in dirt. You can throw me like a lineman. I like it better when it hurts. I want more You make me want to make me Make, make, make 
come on, give him more for that. Thank you. That is appropriate. You guys, our final comic, you may have seen him on At Midnight, I believe on Conan. You guys, give it up for Michael Lawrence. Oh, man. It is, it feels so weird, like, following, like, actual talent and singing. Like, because you heard stand up before him, then he sings amazingly, and then I'm here. It's like, like, you're in a gangbang, someone fucks you. Then someone passionately makes love to you, and then the next guy just wants to fuck you again. Oh, man. How do you want to do this? How, how you wanna, uh, okay. On, on the sheet? All right, we'll do it on the sheet. <laughs> so uh, I'm happy that gay marriage is legal. I think that's awesome, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Going liberal at a comedy show is a ballsy move. Uh, I... <laughs> I, I'm not homophobic. I look at homophobia the same way I look at skydiving. I would never do it myself, but everybody who does looks like they're having a great time. <laughs> but it's interesting. There's only one flavor of homophobe. There's only one type. It's always the guy who's like, but but what if they want to have sex with me? Like, like gay people want to fuck someone who hates them because that's how love works. No. Uh, it's terrible. Like, I want to see, like, the insecure homophobe. Like, what, what, what if they, they don't want me? Like, what? Or what if I come out of the closet and they push me back in because my colors don't align to the brightness of their rainbow? Like... <laughs> Because I think the world's changing, and, 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 and it's awesome in a lot of ways. I, I love that transgender people have more rights. I think that's great. I ha Yeah. Even, even ballsier than the last statement. You're damn right. And books, we should read them. Because um, I have... I, I, I have a friend who's transgendered. I, I, I recently discovered... I went to high school with her. I knew her as John. She is Audrey now, and she recently called me to tell me about her transitioning. She was like, I was meant to be a woman. It's who I am, and if you have any questions about it, let me know. And I was like, yeah, I lent John my copy of Happy Gilmore on DVD 10 years ago, and I never got it back. And she was like, John never really existed because I was always meant to be Audrey. And I was like, that's a real bitch move. And she was like, thank you for accepting me. I, uh, I had a lot of friends in, 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 in high school, just two. There are these jokes. Uh, <laughs> I, went, I went to high school, uh, this, this, this guy, Richard, and it was so sad he didn't get into MIT, so he took a bunch of pills to try to kill himself, but he survived because he just failed at everything. <laughs> What a fucking loser. Uh, some of them are going to be like that, and some of them are going to be hopeful. Uh, it's, it's a mix. You, I want you to feel all the feels there is to feel. Gun, gun control, talk about that for a sec. I, I, think, I think gun control needs to be better. Not, not a lot better, like a little better. Like, like how many lives would we save if you had to just bring two friends with you to buy a gun? Just, just so they know you have them, you know? Like, how much better would things be if 
you had to answer no when they asked you, have you written an online manifesto in the last year? Because, spoiler alert, there's never been a good online manifesto. At worst there, this is why white people are the best. And at best there, this is why the Thundercats deserve their own franchise. Like, <laughs> never good. I got married recently. Um, really, that, that's it. Guys, if someone who looks like this says they got married, people should be throwing little people up in the air, high-five each other. There should be t-shirt cannons firing off t-shirts and also reggaeton music. And someone should be cradling me and saying, that'll do, pig. That'll do. What website wasn't it? Uh, I love my wife. Um, she, she's great. Uh, I would never cheat on her. Although I find it weird. The only way you could cheat on somebody is, is sexually. That's the only way to cheat on someone. I think that's bullshit. I think cheating should be whatever it is you do the most with the person. Because sex has been about 13 and a half minutes of our marriage, and that's <laughs> rounding up. Uh, <laughs> Like, I'd be way more upset if I walked in and I saw my wife encouraging someone else's false dreams. Like, that's our thing, you know? Like, I'd be way angrier if she used her cute voice and nicknames on someone else. Like, I just come home and she's like, who's the cuddly buddly with the tum-tum? I'd be like, you fucking whore! I'm I'm excited about Batman for Superman, Dawn of Justice. Yeah. Cuz it's the perfect movie if you're a child of divorce. It's your two favorite people you loved growing up and now they're fighting and it's not your fault. It's all I've ever wanted. If you clap enough, they'll get back together. Uh, <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I grew up poor, and uh, the the best thing about being poor is you're never attacked in horror movies. It's, it's true. Freddy Krueger never attacks poor people because their dreams are too sad for him to invade. <laughs> there's there's just some guy sitting around who's like, one of these days I'm gonna be assistant manager of this Waffle House. <laughs> And Freddy Cougar's like, I can't kill what's already dead. <laughs> I um, I, I, I saw, I, I finally saw American Sniper recently, and uh, I won't say it's my favorite Toby Keith song, but it is the longest one. <laughs> it did. Like it was directed by Clint Eastwood as much as it felt like it was directed by Clint Eastwood's character in Gran Torino. <laughs> that movie is racist. And there's a scene in it where Bradley Cooper's holding a baby and he's like, This is what we fight for. And they do a zoom in shot and you realize that the baby's as fake as the reasons we went to Iraq in the first place. Yeah. And. You're like, this movie's taking me out of multiple narratives. <laughs> I'll, uh, I, I, Mad Max, that's the fucking best movie in years. Yeah. 
And people talk about how feminist it is, and it is, but it's also really masculine. Like, it feels like it was written by a dick that smashed itself up against a typewriter, and that typewriter was the typewriter Hemingway shot himself near. Like, that's... That movie feels like it just yells at the other movies in the theater to be more manly. Like, this is why no one saw you, Tomorrowland! Get your shit together! I always thought there's one person like, oh, not tomorrow, Land. <laughs> it had so much potential. <laughs> I uh, will end on this, guys. Uh, tell you about the first time I ever said, I love you. It was in an AOL chat room. <laughs> of course. My screen name was Poetic15. Because I was a poetic 15-year-old, and I wanted the world to know it. And also, AOL rejected my first screen name, The Jizz Blossoms. And I'm in this chat room, I'm spouting my poems, and this girl, Iguana Lover 69, comes in, which is just proof she's better than the first 68 Iguana Lovers. And she's like, hey, I like your poems. And I'm like, why don't we move this to a private chat? And I realize that sounds more like a Seinfeld bass guitar. And less like an erotic bass guitar. Let's fuck. So we're in the we're in the private chat. And I'm like, what are you into? And she's like, comic books. I'm like, me too. Who's your favorite character? She's like, Spider-Man. I'm like, me too. So obscure. And and I'm like, what else are you into? She's like, poetry. I'm like, me too. And and, and then I was like, anything else? She's like, you and your never-ending smile. And I'm like, I love you. 27 minutes in, it was time-stamped. And... I was like, we should meet up sometime, like at a coffee shop or something. And she's like, why don't I meet you at your place at 164 Paradise Way? And I'm like, how do you know where I live? She's like, I know many things about you, including your father's credit card information. So then I bring my dad in. He's furious. He's like, trying to find love again in the AOL chat room, son. Like he's an extra in Newsies or something. Uh, But we ask all these questions we get no answers back my dad cancels his credit cards 30 minutes later we get a knock at the door it's my brother and he just goes Aguana Lava 69 bitches I was incestuously chatfished uh, and the worst thing about this was me and my brother were never close growing up because I thought he never understood me as a person. And in the 27 minutes I talked to Iguana Lover 69, he said everything I ever wanted to hear someone say. And it is the worst feeling to know that your brother's a fucking douchebag, but an incredible listener. Thank you, guys.
Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap with your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos, <laughs> ruler of the eighth circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.